Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cash That. This is your host, Joe Delera, and we are joined once again by producer Corey. Nice to have you here, Corey. It's been a minute. Did you miss me, bitches? We missed you. So what we're going to do, <laughs> do today, Corey, is that your Barrett White voice? Or uh, I didn't know that you were the producer now. Sometimes when you really like a woman, your voice gets a little lower. It's that sweetness that they love to hear. So Corey's been on a testosterone cycle, uh, getting ready for uh, getting, getting ready for summer. He's, he's yeah. pinning test and trend right it now. It kind of fought back, though. It fought back. I lost the war to trend. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, you did say you had that cough. That's that trend cough, dude. So let me tell you. Um, but, uh, all right. So enough steroid talk. Uh, we know that steroids save baseball, but it's not going to save this podcast. Um, so here we go. Uh, look. We're going to do something a little bit different here. Uh, I'm going to give you my best bets for tomorrow or for today, rather. But the thing that we're going to do is because it's the NBA playoffs, you guys know it's the NBA playoffs. I'm going to try to cap these quickly for you. Uh, the three games coming up on the slate today and, you know, hit you with some of that. And then we'll even try to get into Thursday stuff. Um, got a busy day. We're going to be on BetMGM tonight or last night. So I hope you guys tuned in and, uh, you know, also check out the video. I, I got my props video coming out for the Action Network today as well. So looking at tomorrow's slate, my a couple of my favorite bets are the Philadelphia 76ers on the money line. Uh, Tobias Harris to make over one and a half three-point shots and Giannis Antetokounmpo to go over 12 and a half rebounds. Uh, and then I'm going to actually look a little bit further out and we're going to be looking at Thursday because we have some lines. I like the Dallas Mavericks at plus seven and a half and the Golden State Warriors at minus one and a half. Um, so let, let's uh, let's get into this a little bit here. You know, the playoffs are starting. It's really exciting. I told you guys to bet on the Timberwolves. Timberwolves started game one off hot. So at, we're recording before that game now, but at worst, we're looking at a split in Memphis. So this is a good spot. If you had a Timberwolves bet, um, I think it's a really exciting time. Uh, and look, Steven Adams, this is something I want to talk about. Um, in the playoffs, there's different situations. It's a, it's a different animal than the regular season. In the regular season, you're going to play your standard rotations. If you have like that generally work and that are kind of, you know, they, they fit kind of regardless of which team you're playing, even if it is like a little bit of a bad matchup in the playoffs, you can't do that. You can't just send your guys out over and over and over again. When you know it's a bad matchup, they're going to get played out. It's like, there's certain guys that just don't fit those rotations. And that's where you have these regular season players versus 16 game players. You'll see this now. Jay Crowder is going to be like one of those dudes that just never comes off the floor for the Phoenix Suns. Like in the regular season, he plays his minutes, whatever. In the postseason, he's not coming off the floor. When you look at the Memphis Grizzlies now, and this is particular, this happens a lot with bigs because certain bigs aren't as flexible in terms of what their coverage is, whatever. And you can kind of survive without them. Steven Adams is one of those bigs. He's not a great matchup in uh, against the Timberwolves because it forces the Grizzlies to really only play drop coverage. This is why we like that D'Angelo Russell prop. Um, so that if, if he gets if he gets phased out. You know, I still I still like Russell in the series. I think that he'll bounce back after that game one, but it changes the analysis a little bit here. Um, Steven Adams is looks like he's coming out of the rotation. Uh, 
obviously if this doesn't happen game two, then, you know, producer Corey can maybe cut this, but probably not. Um, so what we're seeing is a lot, we're seeing a lot more Kyle Anderson. We're seeing a lot more Brandon Clark, and that's something that you guys can bet on and capitalize on. And one of the ways to do this is it's going to be a little late for this round, but I guarantee you these props are offered next round. And one of the things that's interesting is, DraftKings is offering series long props on what somebody's average is going to be, whether it's points per game, rebounds per game, assists per game, threes per game, and then also like series leaders. So if you look at the Timberwolves and Grizzlies series right now, Carl Anthony Towns is minus 400 to lead the series in rebounding. Steven Adams is second. I mean, Cat's probably going to lead. Cat's probably going to lead the series. So even at minus 400, it's not the craziest bet. Like, would I recommend it? Not really, but like he should lead the series. The thing that's interesting about this though, is that like, they're still pricing Steven Adams as if he's that dude for, and like he's going to get his minutes. So what they did was they actually have his average and they have Steven Adams to go over under on the series, 9.1 rebounds. After game one in this series, you could immediately tell his minutes were getting cut. He only played 24 minutes, um, and he's just not a great fit in this series. Um, and the guy that you saw play more minutes and, and actually fit the eye test was Brandon Clark, who played 27. Uh, and that's an uptick from his 19 on the season. So you're seeing where this is starting to shift. When you get this line – what DraftKings did is they took his season-long average, and that's right now 9.1 rebounds. So what they did was they took that, and they're just listing that as what he's to go over and under. But they're not handicapping it in the same way that you and I are. And that's like what we did, if you remember back a couple months ago, this cash, by the way, was that DeMar DeRozan over under for the rest of the season 28.1 points average. And we went under and it hit. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that like, they don't look at like, oh, like maybe this guy's going to get hot for a little bit, or he was hot, or this is a bad matchup, whatever. So when you're looking at this, they're saying for the whole series, you already know in game one, he only had three rebounds. So this is something I'm, I'm saying this now, and this is going to be a little bit late, but it's something that you can look at moving forward on like how you want to bet these props, because yeah. There, there's different there's different opportunities here and there's different markets where they're not really being priced properly. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, these guys, like they're not playing or they had a bad game or whatever, you know? So it's not, it's not like an accurate representation of what we should expect from these players. So for example, like I'll give one out that you could take if you wanted to. Right now, Fred Van Vliet is set at, for points per game over under 19.6 on the season, he's averaging 20.3. But if we look at this a little bit further, when Fred Van Vliet, his playoff numbers are, you know, they're going to be a bit, they're going to be a bit better because he's playing a bit more minutes. He's going to be leaned on even more in this series to, to perform. And in the playoffs, you know, he's, this season, he's only at 19. Last year, he was playing 40 minutes a game. He's at 19.6. So you're looking right in that, right in line with that. Um, but he did have a bad game in game one. So if you're expecting him to maybe, you know, turn it up a little bit, but not a lot, there might still be value on his on this under strictly because of the fact that like there's only so much you can do. If you're looking at this as well, like you have Tobias Harris, his over under 
for points per game. This is really interesting. Points per game in the series is 19.5, but his points prop line is set at 15 and a half. So you can kind of see where they think he's going in one way, but then at the same time, you're like, well, you know, this seems inflated. So you just have to do some math, project out how many games you think the series is going to go and then say like, okay, if they score this many points or whatever, they go over this. Or if they don't score this many, then they're going to go under. So I think that there's definitely some opportunity here um, on some of these lines. So you can get, you know, you can get some value here. Um, like even, even if you look at the rebounds, I want to see if they have Giannis, they have Giannis at, over under 12.6 rebounds per game. In the game one, he recorded 16 rebounds. So you're already starting ahead of this. And they have the over 12.6, it's juiced to plus 110. So he would have to go under average average less than 12.6, you know, for the rest of the series. And if he recorded, you know, 12, like 12.6, if he averaged 12.6 for however many games are left, you know, probably four, because I, th- I think this is going to be sweet. Um, y- you're getting it. You're getting an edge because he already recorded 16 in game one. So this is something to look at. I'm kind of giving it from like a big brain perspective here uh, and a big picture perspective, because this is a way to fade a guy that you think when you're watching it, you're like, this guy's getting played out of the rotation. He's not getting minutes. This is a good way to look at that. Um, it gives you a different angle. It gives you a different opportunity. And especially like for me, like I think that Steven Adams is going to get played out of this series. Like I don't think that he's going to get played. And I think by the end of the series, you're barely even going to see lines posted for him. So with that being said, like if I can lock in this 9.1 at a bigger number, it takes out some of the game to game variance. And like, I think that if my handicap's right, I'm going to be sitting pretty and saying like, well, like he needs to get like 20 rebounds in game six. And he's not even come close to that in any game so far. So it gives you a little bit of an opportunity here. So I think that these props in particular are a really interesting way to find value where, you know, you look at this and you go, well, like, why would I bet the over when this guy's average is whatever? And it's like, no, like you're doing this because of how many points they've already scored, how many rebounds they've already recorded. And you're saying, well, like they, I like the cap. Like, I think that there's a reason that they're going over what their averages were or under what their averages were. So it's a really good opportunity, I think, to create some value. But that being said, let's look at some of these series. So the games that we're looking at, on today's slate are first off the Philadelphia 76ers versus the Toronto Raptors. This line set at minus two, you can get some minus ones, depending on which way you're leaning. I really am struggling to see how the 76ers lose this series. I thought that at the beginning of the series, I liked the bet um, the Sixers to win game one and the Raptors to end up winning the series. Uh, Scotty Barnes' injury obviously is very impactful for that. But the thing that's really been crazy is just how many, just how many like free throws the Sixers are getting. And it's forcing them all into a ton of foul trouble. And if you look at this series right now, you can get the Sixers to win game three and win the series at minus 115. That bet like just doesn't really make sense considering they're minus 120 on the money line. Just bet them straight up. Like the odds that that happens are very high, but there's no reason to not take it, you know, or to take it in that way. You can also take the Sixers to basically win, you know, or to keep the Raptors from winning uh, more than two games at minus two and a half games, minus 190. I don't, I don't hate that bet. 
I also think that you can bet them in what essentially would be a money line parlay for games two and three is under four and a half games is plus 200. So that would be a sweep. I don't hate that play um, I, because I'm, I want to take the Sixers on the money line here. And you're basically getting a money line parlay. If they win game three, the series is a wrap. Like, just call it. And then at that point, you could even hedge a little bit um, on the Raptors. But it's basically a Sixers game three money line bet. The thing is, like, the Sixers are just outsizing the Raptors. And the Raptors, as good as they are, part of the problem with Toronto is they don't have, like, that guy that can really facilitate like Fred Van Vliet is fine um I think that he's a really skilled player I think he's a great regular season player and I think that he has a role on a lot of like on on any championship team like he could find a role like any and he did in Toronto obviously when they had Kawhi but the thing is they have they're really leaning heavily on Siakam to create and when Siakam's not on the floor they don't have that, especially with Scotty Barnes's injury, because uh, Scotty was like another capable playmaker um, on this team. So you're looking at the situation where the Sixers are getting their their main guys in foul trouble, and then Fred Van Vliet's not a big dude. So even though like Harden is not the best defender, Tyrese Max is not the best defender. They can just even throw Danny Green on him, and it's fine. So I get that this series is shifting to Toronto. Um, I get that this is a must. This is really a must-win game for the Toronto Raptors. But there's a saying in sports, and if a team is in a must-win game, they probably aren't in the best spot. You know, like this is—they're not. That means that they have—they've been underperforming at some other point, and that's not a team that I want to back because team, the, the lines are cooking that in. And when I see this line at minus one and a half to me, what this is telling me is that they know the books know that they people want to bet on the Raptors and they're just not going to give you a good line um, because they want you. They think that people think that like, Oh, like the series is shifting back. There's no way that the rat, the Sixers are this much better, but it's something that I, it was my concern with this Raptors team. And it was that coach nurse was basically pulled the Tibbs on this team. And he was playing his starters so many minutes and there's just, there was no other level up that they could take. And that's kind of what I feel like we're seeing right now. Um, if we look at this, like just in terms of the playoff numbers there, the Sixers are plus 21.2 in terms of point differential. Um, whereas obviously Toronto is the opposite, but if like they're just they're not getting the shots they need, they're not getting the looks that they need, and their best players are really getting into foul trouble, and that's that's really gonna that's really creating some problems for them. So you know it's hard to play and it's hard to cover a guy that's as physical and physically imposing as Joel Embiid without you know like when you're in foul trouble and trying to avoid that because they need you on the floor because they don't have anybody on the bench. So you're, you're looking at the situation where Siakam can't play the way that he maybe wants to OG Ananubi can't play the way that he maybe wants to Scotty Barnes can't play maybe the way that he wants to. I mean, obviously he's hurt, but it's, it's created like a really lousy situation for them. And if we're looking at them, you know, in the playoffs, these guys that's these are this is normally when you would want guys to play extended minutes so the raptors they've already been playing extended minutes it's nothing new to them but you know and they're like their shots that they're taking and getting are not the worst but in terms of what's going on in the playoffs they're about middle of the ground in the playoffs for that 
So they're not, they're not getting enough offensively. And the guys that you need to score on offense, you know, they're struggling with foul trouble guarding Joel Embiid. So I think that that's created a big problem here. And the other thing, James Harden has been insane. He's been so, 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 so good for the Sixers. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, and we've talked about this before, he's pulling defenders in a different way. He's manipulating guys. He's lowering them to sleep. You have to respect him as a shooter. And that's changing the way teams have to cover him. And that's the thing that the Sixers were missing with Ben Simmons because Joel Embiid needed to be in the paint. And then you didn't really respect him as a shooter, even though his defense obviously was much better than Harden's. But defense is more scheme anyway. But that's not really the point. So the, the point is here, though, you're getting guys. They're taking just wide open looks. Like guys are just so, so open when James Harden has the ball. And – it's creating looks, it's creating secondary passes. Like guys are becoming unselfish because they know that Harden will set them up. They will all get their turn. And nobody's saying like, yo, I like, I need the ball now because like, I'm not, I might not get the ball passed to me. I'm not going to get in the best spot, whatever. And what this has done, and it's a play that I love. And it's, it's our first bet. It's our first best bet of the day is that Tobias Harris to go over one and a half, three-pointers made he's hit it in both games this series I know that last game he only took three threes but he made all three of them Harden is setting him up and like Harden Maxi, they're both setting him up in a way that they are so he's so wide open even if his looks are a little bit more limited they're fantastic looks so you're getting this you're getting you're getting wide open looks as opposed to you know maybe contested looks or 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 he's got more pressure or he feels like he needs to dribble and get out of that situation. So if you look at this over the last 10 games he's made two or more threes in 7 of 10 of those. We're getting this line at minus 115 on DraftKings. It's an absolute must bet. I don't love the idea of taking this on an escalator or on a ladder. Um, even though he's hit three or more in four of the 10, I just don't really love the look. And honestly, if we pull out this Detroit game because they didn't really play and same, this Indiana game was not the best either, he's got a much better hit rate on this number. So I love, I love this spot. He's played much better alongside James Harden. And I think that this is a great, great situation for Tobias Harris. And as you guys know, I'm not the biggest Sixers fan. Uh, I don't, I don't get joy from the Sixers winning, but I will get joy from betting on them. And I think that this is another spot where we just are betting on them. I think you can bet on them in this game at minus two or minus one and a half. And I think that you can also bet on the the series under uh, you can bet on that sweep at uh, the under four and a half games at plus 200. Uh, I think that it's, you know, it's just, it's the play to go with. And even if you, if you wanted to, split it a little bit you could always play um the four games of plus 200 and the five games at plus 190 if you think the raptors are only going to win one game but at that point you could just play the sixers minus two and a half um i i love philly here i think that and that uh, by the way that also would require a lot more math um so <laughs> don't even worry about that but i i like the sixers here i think that they are going to cruise in this series i'll at this point 
I will be surprised if the Raptors are able to win one game. Uh, I just don't think that there's anything else that Nick Nurse can really do to get this team going. And it's just like, it's not that they're taking, they're not, it's not that they're taking like the worst shots either, but Philly is getting good looks. They have the number three effective field goal percentage in the postseason right now. And it's, it's, not super far off of what their expected effective field goal percentage would be. Um, so I like, I like Philly here. I think that they cruise. Um, I just don't think that the Raptors have the guns to keep up. Uh, now looking at the next game, or I guess, I guess because of the way I looked at this, but look, Brooklyn and the Boston Celtics, this series is going to be a grind. Um, it's, fantastic i think it's going to be it's an awesome series it's a must watch tv it's must watch basketball we bet on the celtics i like the celtics i think that boston's depth is helpful and this is a bet i can't even take credit for it but it makes a lot of sense um brandon anderson put in uh the celtics to win the second quarter and I love it. I think it's a great bet. And a lot of it has to do with the Kevin Durant minutes. Kevin Durant is not going to be, he's going to, his rotation, the rotations are pretty predictable and he generally sits in the second quarter. When Kevin Durant's off the floor, the nets just are not as good. Like, which which is to be expected. But the thing is the Celtics have more depth. And in the second quarter, you can kind of take advantage of that rather than looking at like, look, the spreads three and a half. This, this, these games are like a pick them. Like, I, I don't know how you watch game one and then say like, oh yeah, uh, this spread is appropriate. Like, this is where I want to be. Like, I want to take a spread pick here. This It's brutal. Um, these games are going to be a, a war every single time. And the thing is like Brooklyn, they've done this history. They've done this all season. Their expected field goal percentage is just way off, like way out of whack of, um, you know, their expected effective field goal percentage is just way out of whack from what they actually do because they're so, so elite between Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Uh, and look, like, I get that they're going to get Ben Simmons back. Sure. I really struggle to understand that and like conceive of the fact that like Steve Nash, as much as he's my favorite player, um, I struggle to see like how, he has the nuance to really just drop in a guy like Ben Simmons into a series and it be effective. Uh, I, I think that that's really hard. It's not just like he's a spot up shooter or like, or like a guy like, even like Steph Curry, for example, like he can play, he's, he's Curry's obviously an incredible basketball player, but I think that you could drop Steph Curry on literally any team and it would work. Ben Simmons is not like that. He's got a very unique set of skills and that's just something that it's going to mess up their rotations. I think that this could cross. I, I don't like that for the nets in this series where you're playing the Celtics who have the number one defense, in the league, and you know, they're probably gonna get Robert Williams back around the same time. So I, I really, I don't like that for Brooklyn. I like Boston. I, I think that Boston can win this series. I think they should win this series, but I do think that this is going to be a war and I do think it's going to really tire them out going to play uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, who we will get to in a second. So I, I don't have a pick per se for this game. I do, th- I do like Brandon's bet. 
of the Celtics in the second quarter. I think that's a great play. I'm looking at some Al Horford stuff because Al has been playing a lot of minutes. He should continue to get the minutes here. Um, he's very versatile in terms of his offense, his defense, his playmaking. Um, and he can kind of play really any position, uh, for them, like, or cover any position for them defensively. So I think it's really, it's really interesting to watch him play and he, he's going to continue to get minutes. So I like Al Horford in this spot. Um, his rebounds total is 10 and a half right now. I think I prefer his double double at plus money. It's plus 105 or plus 115, depending on the book. Um, there's actually a minus 115 on BetMGM. Uh, so, I think that that's a better play. It gives you the one rebound of leeway in exchange for the points, obviously. But if he's out there that long to get the rebounds, he should get 10 points. Um, I'm not as concerned about that. So I, I, I think that this is a stay away in terms of a side. But I do think that you can, you know, look at this in terms of the series and say, like, all right, well, like, is there a series bet that I want to make? Is there somebody that I like here? And if you look at this, the Celtics, they're minus 220 on the series. The Nets are plus 180. If you were waiting to kind of just pick whoever lost game one, this would probably be your opportunity to bet on the Brooklyn Nets at plus 180. Or, or honestly, like if you think that they can advance, maybe you open up a futures position now uh, because you're going to get a lot better of a line at, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're 10 to one or more depending on the book. So that's really the best number you've gotten for the Brooklyn Nets all year. Uh, and finally, for today's slate, we got the Milwaukee Bucks against the Chicago Bulls. This line is at 10. I don't – the Bucks just do this thing where they just don't cover. Um, so I know last game I was on the Bucks in the first half. I, I'm probably going to be taking that again at the minus six, minus six and a half. They're a much better first-half team. The Bulls seem to come on in the fourth quarter. But, look – I don't think that the bulls can win this series. Like I just, I genuinely don't think that they have any chance in the series. They have, they shot some of the worst I've ever seen. And like, I get that that's, you know, there's shooting variants and their effective field goal percentage in game one was 35.9. They're expected. It was 53.1. But the thing is that like, <laughs> that was still going to be like the fourth worst number out of all the playoff teams. So I don't love the bulls here. Whereas if you look at Milwaukee, you know, their effective field goal percentage wasn't very good either. They were at 46.4% in game one, but their, their expected effective field goal percentage was much higher at 53.8%, which would be, 10th in the play in the postseason and those percentage points can matter but the thing is if i'm going to trust an offense here to score like the bulls defense is not good and i get that alex caruso patrick williams are important and they're impactful they still just do not have an answer for Giannis antetokounmpo so his his rebounds line in game one it was set at 12 and a half now you're also getting some 12 and a halves out there um, there's, there's a little bit more juice on them, but I still like the bet. Uh, I, I would take that. I would consider playing, you, you even consider playing 13 and a half. Uh, that's at FanDuel, which I think is a little bit of a sharper book. Um, he's hit the 12 and a half in five of his last 10 games. And he had 16 in game one. I, and he's averaging 14 against Chicago. He's got games of 12, 16, 17. There's a nine, like a rogue nine in there and then another 16. So I think that you can play that 
you can play that 12 and a half. Uh, I think that you could look at that 12.6 on the series rebound prop. Uh, I don't hate that either. And I, I, I just think that Giannis is going to continue to eat Vucevic. Like he's a great offensive player, not the best defensive player. And, you know, Giannis is going to get the boards. Brooke Lopez being back is not really a concern because if you look, think about this, Brooke Lopez, the way he can play defense, he can switch, he can play drop. He's actually a very versatile defender. And in the playoffs, when you're primarily playing switch, he's getting drawn out a little bit more and he, and Giannis is obviously much faster than Lopez. He's able to get to the interior faster, get those rebounds. And I, I think it's a really great spot for him. I still like the bucks to sweep in this series. So if you didn't bet it yet, the line that you can get, actually, you need a couple different, you can, you can do a couple different things here. One of which is you could bet the bucks at minus two and a half games, which is something that I did already pre-series, but you can still get that at, you know, it's not the worst number. It's not the best number. You can get them at minus 250. You're basically saying that the Bulls don't win two games. I don't think that they do, but that number is not ideal. What I would prefer to do is I would bet Bucks in four. That's plus 175 on bet MGM. I think that that's a better angle. I really struggle to see Chicago winning a game here. Uh, their shot profile doesn't line up properly. Uh, and I, I just don't think that they really have an answer for this team who's got, you know, Giannis, Drew, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez. You're looking at those four. Not, they all are critical on the defensive end. They all can score in a different way and they can all stretch the floor. Um, I, I really just don't like this spot for Chicago. I think this is, I, I think this was like the worst matchup they could have gotten in the first round of the playoffs. So I like Giannis to go over that 12 and a half rebounding line and uh, we'll, we'll leave it at that, at least for now. Now, producer Corey, I know that our New York Knickerbockers are not in the playoffs here. Rest in peace. Is there a team that you're rooting for? Rooting for? No, but I would love to see Boston whoop the Celtics. I mean, uh, sorry. <clears throat> uh, early festivities, if you know what I mean. Fair. Um, yeah, I want to see the Celtics whoop the Nets. I think that that's reasonable. I think that's totally reasonable. And um, I figured you would have comments on this. I don't know if you saw, but Kyrie Irving gave like the double bird to the Celtics and he was fined $50,000 for that. Is that a first Poor amendment shit. issue? Is this a first amendment issue? Like what, what's going on here? Technically, What are your no, thoughts on athletes speaking back? Everybody there is a licensed attendee. So they are not technically in a public uh, forum. So I don't think first amendment rights would apply Ooh. it's the nba's domain they're renting out the space for an event that they're putting on and they can dictate what they want to say however i love the animosity i fucking love it you got some hockey style shit going on this is like 90s basketball which like will culminate in hopefully somebody entering the crowd and swinging on some people that's all yeah. i want i i was gonna say like i'm honestly a little surprised that we haven't gotten there i feel like we're close I, know. I don't know. I don't think it'll happen in the playoffs, but I think that we're close. I think if there's a fucking like game six, um, but like a huge point differential and it's fucking over for one team, I think you can see some some flares, and I'd love it. Yeah, yeah. Because that, that one, could... the fans of either team are not going to relent, especially Boston. I think that's where it would happen. Yeah, I don't think Kyrie has the balls to go in there, 
but I think someone's no. going to defend their guy and get in, get involved after someone's going to throw a cup of something at him. And I just yeah. can't wait. I'm it, pro violence. Like, get it in there. Gets eyeballs. It's just really interesting. Like I, I don't understand. I've never been a fan that like is yelling at another player, like a, a player on a team that's like, "Oh, you suck!" Like it's, it's like, so dude, like, fucking stupid. If you so acted weird. that way in public, you would get your ass beat from block to block as you made your way home. Yeah, like imagine. So why is anyone surprised? Oh, you're a professional athlete. Act like it. Fuck you. How about that? How about yeah, fuck it, you? I'm tired of this asshole screaming directly at me repeatedly. He spent thousands of dollars on a ticket so he can just do that. Fuck it. And if you know what, if, if we're not going to make it past the next round, you're going to suspend me anyway. I got millions. Fuck it. I'm going to show yeah, this asshole a lesson and I'm going to put on a show for ESPN and all the uh, Disney heads. Dude, I'm just imagining like imagine if you went to like the dine like I, i'm thinking about college because of the dining hall but like imagine if you went to like the buffet or something are they back now covid but i don't know you have like the different cooking stations right and imagine if you were just like like you were there for one thing like you were there for like i don't know like the general sows but then like there was another station with like the chicken and broccoli and you're just like fuck you chicken and broccoli guy yeah, like and, and i throw i throw my chicken at the chicken i'm like yeah, fuck, so you, then, fuck you you make yeah, like chicken imagine. shit. You make chicken imagine. shit with fucking little you trees would, in it, you bitch. You get your ass beat so yeah, bad. That, whoever was in charge of that station would come at you tongues flailing, and I yeah, don't blame like, I You just get walked. Just because so. it's your job doesn't mean you need to not take it like a human being. And guess yeah. what? Violence is elicited sometimes from people, and when it is, you know, sometimes it's deserved. I know. I, I, I like just truly think it's nuts. Um, and, and I, and I'm, I, I don't know, like, I hope that doesn't happen, but like, I just wouldn't be surprised if it did either. You know, I had a, uh, I have a proposed rule change that I've always considered for the NBA in my deepest, darkest I thoughts. This one. It's just a hockey spin. Like if you and somebody else are going at it, like just take Kevin, Kevin Garnett against anybody in his entire career, right? Whoever he's matched up with for the game, literally anybody, if it gets to the point where like, they're like fucking, it's about to happen. Let them slap box. Just let them go. Oh. That's so get a couple hits in, they'll be fine. They'll shake it off and they'll get back to the game. A little that's, hockey for you. That's great. I love right? it. It becomes a fucking distraction when the only thing you're wondering is who's going to do the next cheap shot that's either going to injure somebody or cause a technical. Fuck it. Give both teams two shots at the rim afterwards. Let them slap box center of the court. Fucking money. Hire me, um, NBA. Hire me. I'm an ideas I'm guy. I'm so here for this, but um, so with that, we're gonna look at one of the game, one of the series that has seen people get ejected, and the reigning MVP, likely back-to-back MVP, Nikola Jokic, was just ejected from Game Two against the Golden State Warriors. Let me talk about Jordan Poole. This man is going bonkers, and I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna call it as I see it. It's the Malik Andrews effect. Um, Malik, like I'm not even kidding. I, you, if you guys did not see Jordan Poole's just being Jordan Poole just being an absolute Hoodville demon out there, like you, you could just use you, you, you can see it. Like he loves Malika, and I mean fair, but he loves Malika and. If you saw that post game interview, like the man's in love, and whenever she's there, he's gonna ball out. And like I think that he even like I think he this like effect is like extending over. And you know he's been insane the first two games of his playoff career. And what it's done, obviously, this is a bad matchup for 
the Denver Nuggets. And I, I regret, I gave out a pick and I regret it. And it was an over five and a half games in the series. I really regret it. It's going to lose because I think that the Warriors were going to sweep at this point. Um, I gave it out in part because I didn't think, I thought they were going to slow play Steph Curry coming back. I thought that they were just going to say like, we think that we can win the series no matter what. There's no reason to rush Curry back. And then what do you know? Curry's back in game one. And then last night or two nights ago in game two had literally the most efficient playoff performance like of all time. Uh, He scored like 36 points or whatever, 32 points in like 22 minutes. It was like the late, the fewest minutes to score 30 points in a playoff game ever um they the nuggets just don't have the ability right now to to cover them um Jokic is doing everything he can and it's crazy to think that a bad game for this man is 26 points 11 rebounds and four assists it was a bad game for me because he got hooked because he got ejected and he did that in like he got ejected midway or early in the fourth quarter so it's just a bad matchup for Denver. And right now we're looking at game two, we're looking at game three and it's the same thing as the Raptors really, in my opinion, you're able to bet on the golden state warriors at minus one and a half. I, I think it's insane. And it's the same thing. Like you can still bet on them to, to sweep that series. Uh, you can bet them four and oh to sweep the series at plus two twenty five. I don't think that Denver is going to win a game. Um, and I think that that's tough. It's really in, uh, unfortunate when you have a guy that's the reigning MVP, but that's why at, at the end of the day, he elevated a team that has no business being in the playoffs. Um, they're, they're not a particularly good team and they just don't have the ability to match up with the Warriors here. This is, this was a nightmare matchup for them. And I think that that's kind of the way that you have to play this. Uh, and then if we're looking at the other game that day, I, the Grizzlies and the Wolves are playing. I can't really talk about that now. We already kind of touched on it before anyway. But the other game is the Dallas Mavericks versus the Utah Jazz. The Mavs are plus seven and a half. I'm betting that uh, Luka Doncic may return for that game. So I, I think that this line is kind of hedging that and like baking that in a little bit. We'll see. Uh, I mean, it's a calf injury. Those can take a little bit of time to recover. But look, Dallas just beat them. And one of the things that they did was they set a franchise record in three pointers. And that is the recipe for being Utah jazz because Rudy Gobert is a guy you have to have on the floor. Like he's, he's an incredible defensive player, but schematically and game plan wise, he doesn't really fit this line. Like it's tough because in the playoffs, like you have to play drop with Rudy Gobert. He's one of the best players ever to play that scheme, but they don't have the, Guard play, like Mitchell's not playing defense. Conley's not really playing the best defense right now. Bogdanovich, like they're not playing the best defense. So you're in this situation where the Mavericks can outplay them and out-strategize them just based on the shots that they're taking. They don't need to get to the rim. They don't need to get rebounds. They're just shooting more threes right now, which is crazy considering the Jazz are one of the – they have like one of the best offenses in the league. But – that's just what the Mavericks are doing and their defense is working. I, I don't understand. I still don't really understand their defense, but it's working. And you, you're creating the situation where the jazz can't do anything. So the game is turned into a slog and then the Mavericks are just chucking threes. So even if Luca doesn't play, I think the Mavericks are live there and at plus seven and a half, like 
that's a great line. Um, and if he does play more, that's even better. Like the line probably is going to drop to like plus four, plus three and a half. Luke is that valuable. Um, and you know, we'll see if they, we'll see if he's limited at all, or if they're just going to try to wait and see if he, maybe he'll come back in game four if they lose. But I think that the Mavericks are alive in that series. You can get them at plus 220. I, I bet them before, uh, and I think that we talked about this at some point, but uh, the Utah Jazz to win game one, and then the Mavericks to win the series was like plus 850 at DraftKings prior to the series. So the, that might have been a Discord play. That might have been something we talked about there. But I, I think this is going to be a long series. And if depending on when Luka comes back, uh, I, I really do think the Mavericks are live here. And they, they can absolutely still win the series against the Jazz. And that might send our boy Donovan Mitchell to the New York Knicks. But who knows? I'm just starting rumors. Um, so, uh, you know, it's it's been awesome, like, handicapping the playoffs. Uh, I hope you guys are tuning in and seeing all the picks that we're putting in the action app, putting in my articles, putting in the videos, uh, putting out on the Twitter machine. But that that's our little recap right here. And those are the bets that I have right now. Um, if you're looking to add a future, my best bet right now, if I'm looking to bet something, is the Golden State Warriors to win. I'm going to say the Western Conference right now because I still really like the Milwaukee Bucks. And I, the reason I'm saying this is you can get them at plus 240, and I like their path. They, I think they're going to sweep the Nuggets at this point, and then you're getting either the you're getting the winner of Memphis and Minnesota, and I think that Minnesota is going to win that series ultimately, uh, and then you get to play the Phoenix Suns in all likelihood. Um, so I I think that that's I think that the Warriors have the acumen to beat a team like the Suns, and at plus two forty. I think that they can get, I, I think that they have a great path to the conference finals, in which point you could always hedge it if you didn't like the matchup against the Suns. Uh, but I, I think that that's a great line. I think it's a good spot. And I think you're probably going to see the Suns are minus 145 right now to win the conference. Uh, if they're playing the Warriors, maybe you see it's probably about the same line or like minus 130 or so. Uh, so I, I, that's my favorite bet right now. I think that's where you're getting some value is on the Warriors to win the West. Um, so with that, producer Corey, you know, how you doing over here? I'm doing great. I'm ready have, for recommendations. Yeah, I was going to say, I need, your, I need your advice here. Yeah, I'm on the violent edge today. Uh, I'm going to recommend something probably no one's going to listen to, and I don't give a shit. Yeah. It's uh, the latest album by Vane, also known as Vane.fm now. Classic Boston beatdown music, baby. Blast it while you watch the Celtics get a little violent with the Nets. Um, the new album's called This World is Going to Ruin You. Ha ha ha. Very true. Recorded in our very own Belleville, New Jersey, by the wonderful Will wow. Putney. Yep, another classic out of Belleville. Here we go again. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's very heavy shit. That's all I got to say. You want to lift heavy? Listen to it. You want to hit a punching bag? Listen to it. You stuck in traffic? Maybe don't listen to it or do. I don't care. Either way. Yeah. Um, I, I would say I don't I don't know if I'm gonna listen to that, but probably I not, do, Joe. I do appreciate the re appreciate the recommendation. 
Um, I keep it I, real consistent. <laughs> I am Violence going to today. I love it. And on that note, I am going to recommend watermelon. I think it's what I feel like it's watermelon season, but also one of the most violent fruits. It, I feel like it is a violent fruit. Um, Shout out even, to Gallagher. Yeah. I mean, you could throw it's a weapon. Um, you could launch it out of like a, they have like those can't. Have you seen those watermelon yeah. launchers? Who, you can I don't make know. it explode with rubber bands. It's crazy. Remember when everybody was doing that for a summer? Yeah, that was nuts. That was weird. The, the thing is, though, with watermelon, you can eat a lot of it. It's not the most caloric. One cup cubed diced is um, 45 cows. So it's a good snack. It's obviously, it's always cutting it's season. Like 90% water. Yeah, it's 90% water and it's delicious. Hella so, refreshing on a hot day. Yeah. And, you know, it's like you don't even need to drink water. Like it also fills you up. So it's like it satiates you. You you know what? Yeah. Choice is yours. <laughs> Do you want to drink water all day or you want to have one you watermelon, eat watermelon. That you munch on from yeah. breakfast to dinner? Your choice. So, it's, I don't know. I, I think it's great. It fills you up and it's, you know, it's not a carb. So that's a win. Now with that, <laughs> stay hydrated folks. And let's cash that. Jeffrey Dahmer's in here. I hang with animals, Lil Brody brought the llama in here. Money old, old enough to fuck your mama in here. Oh yeah. Red bottom kids, I feel like stomping in here. Oatmeal and grits, I mean cuttlefish in here. New space cool, feel like a Martian in here. Fuck a protest, I start a march pin. Red bottom kids, I feel like stomping in here. Oatmeal and grits, I mean cuttlefish in here. New space cool, feel like a Martian in here. Yeah. Fuck a protest and start a mosh pit. Red bottom kids, I feel like.